You're listening to Fidem Catholica, the Sunday homilies of Father John Gazzaldo, pastor at St. Luke Catholic Church, Temple, Texas. Today's homily is from Sunday, August 14, 2022, and is entitled, Develop Your Mount Rushmore of Saints. I have never been to a South Dakota, but I'm pretty sure that's where Mount Rushmore is. You don't have to go to South Dakota to see Mount Rushmore. It's on television a lot, and you can look up there, whole websites for it. I know I went to them this past week. But I imagine it's quite the sight. And for those of you who don't know what that Mount Rushmore, that's the, that's the place where they have a, a side of a mountain with four big faces of four historical figures in the history of our country. Uh, for men who are prominence, not all of them are founding fathers. One of them is Thomas Jefferson, but George Washington, Theodore Roosevelt, and Abraham Lincoln. And I find it a profound image, and I imagine it is for those who, who visit it, because these kind of things are important, especially for any country, because it reminds us that we have a connection with people from the past. It reminds us that we have a history, and they're part of that history. And these are the heroes of, the, of our country, which we are a part of. But also there's a, an element of comfort there, that we're not alone, that we didn't just pop out of nowhere, that we have a history, we have a, a country, we're part of a tradition. So these things, those things are, are important. Now, I did, I did teach American history for a little while. Um, I know a little bit about George Washington and Thomas Jefferson. And like a, a lot of all of you, we know a little bit about Abraham Lincoln. I don't know a lot about Theodore Roosevelt, but I do know what the word Theodore means. It's Greek. It means gift of God or God's, God's gift. I guess his mother probably knew that too. But as Catholics, this image of sort of the, you know, the, the faces of heroes, people who have gone before, I think can be very Catholic. We understand as, as Catholics that we have a connection with people who have gone before, our heroes in the faith. We call them the communion of saints. And we're asked to have a devotion to them, to remember them because know, we know that they're praying and cheering us on. But it helps us, it gives us comfort and a connection as well, but also remind us that we're part of a historical faith that's 2,000 years old and that they're heroes in our faith. Many of them shed their blood for the faith. So they're also meant to inspire us, but also to remind us that we are not alone. We may feel alone. We're sometimes asked to stand alone but to be smart enough to know that we are not alone. Now, when it, even when it comes to studying historical figures, if you open up any American history book, we have a fairly short history as a country. There are thousands of historical figures. But when we look at the saints as well, there's thousands of them too. 
and we're asked to have a devotion. You can't have a devotion to all of them, all of them. Some of them are obscure. Like, I have, I have a priest friend who has a devotion to St. Balberga. Do you all know who St. Balberga is? My mother, she went to a high a parish called St. Jarleth. Who knows who these people are? Some people do. They have a devotion to them. But I would ask all of you, maybe in your own spiritual life, to develop your own Mount Rushmore. Find four saints that you feel close to and have a devotion to them, a connection to them. It is comforting and reminds us that they're part of us and we are part of their history and know that that's comforting. You know, even this sort of image of this sort of Mount Rushmore having four, I would even say you can find echoes of this even in the beginnings of our faith. We know that Jesus is the founder of our church, and when he came to earth, took on flesh, he immediately started to establish a community. When he grew up, he gathered men to himself. Now, there was a larger group of followers, 72 of them, and they followed him, were intrigued by him. He had a relationship with them. He also had a more profound relationship with the 12. The, the apostles that he picked out of the 72, he took them in, they became a community. But I would also say that there was even a smaller group, a little, if you would, quad discipleship group of Jesus, Peter, James, and John. That's what we call the sons of thunder. These are the men he drew closer to himself. These are the men he took up on Mount Tabor. He said, you three, Peter, James, and John, come with me. I want to show you something. And at his worst, in the Garden of Gethsemane, in the agony in the garden, he asked them, could you come and spend some time with me? So even he had a little smaller group of devotees. Now, even before Christianity, I would say if you know any rabbis, they would tell you that they learn about Judaism, especially from Moses. But when it comes to the prophets, there are dozens of prophets, major and minor prophets. And what is a prophet? Someone who inspires, cajoles, instructs, convicts. But any Jewish rabbi will tell you there's four major ones they look to. One of them we heard today, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Isaiah, and Daniel. Those are the four major prophets that every Jewish person, every rabbi is supposed to know. Oh, there's other ones, Amos, and there's other ones. But for even them, there is a four horsemen. There is a Mount Rushmore of people to become acquainted with, have a devotion to, have a community. Now, having said that, I think this little precept of having a little small group of having a group of devotees, even if they're saints in heaven, I would say even the demons kind of reflect this too. You know, any demonologist, exorcist, or anybody part of the deliverance committee, community, knows that there is actually in the scriptures four major demons. The first one you know of is Satan. Some used to be called Lucifer, but he goes by Satan now. But he has his three powerful buddies, 
Beelzebub, Leviathan, and Asmodeus. Those were fallen angels too. And the church has always looked at them as the most powerful. They have their own quad group. Oh, there's other demons that we know their names, Baalah and Baal. Oh, they turn up now and then. But there are four heavy hitters. There is a Mount Rushmore in hell. They know that. So I think this whole idea of having a community to connect, to comfort, and to remind us that we have a history. We look back at our own, like I said, even on our own country. What made all of these people special is even though they were part of a community, they oftentimes would stand alone. They, or they at least seem like they stand alone. They had to be willing to stand alone. Even as we hear these famous, very powerful words from Jesus when he says, and I quote, don't think I have come to bring peace on the earth. No, I tell you but division. He even lets us know that to be a Christian, to be a follower of Christ, you will call divisions even in your own family. And there's a nice list there. Son against father, father against mother, mother against daughter, mother-in-law against daughter-in-law. He used the word against eight times. And when we stand up for our faith, we may feel like we are alone. You may feel that way, even amongst your own family. But as Catholics, we know that we are not alone, even though we may feel like it, even though we're supposed to have the courage to stand alone, especially when we bring our faith brings division, which happens. Jesus himself tells his apostles, you will be persecuted for my sake and your, your family will draw you up and turn you in. He warned them of that. Pick up your cross and follow me. But they knew to build and stay in communities. Communities of like-minded people who love the Lord. So like I said at the beginning, I would encourage all of you and maybe even in your families, ask your children if you would make your own Mount Rushmore of those who have gone on, saints, holy people, saints that were confident in heaven, who would they be? Who would they be? I've shared with you who mine are before. Those of you who knew, I've always, not since about the past 20 years, I've always been fascinated and inspired by St. Damien the leper. I had a chance to visit his grave in Hawaii. And even now, not only does he inspire me and comfort me, he convicts me as a priest who goes to an island full of viruses and lepers and goes anywhere, anyway. And amongst all this COVID craziness, he still convicts and inspires me, who says to go anyway. In the past few years, I've always been fascinated by another saint. He's actually a blessed now. For various reasons, he's a blessed, not canonized saint. His name is Father Miguel Pro. If you ever come to my office, I have a poster of him on my wall. He was a Jesuit priest in the 20s in Mexico, which was the wrong time to be a priest in Mexico. But he would put on disguises and go say mass in people's houses when he wasn't supposed to. And the Mexican army found him out, tracked him down, 
and they took pictures of his execution. They're online. Miguel Pro, and he asks, can I please pray? And he goes to the next to the fence, says a prayer. They take pictures, and then he stands up and makes the sign of the cross with his body, and they shoot him. I have, hope this guy's praying for me, that we can have, that I can have the same courage that he does in a world that thinks that's just crazy. Again, he inspires, cajoles, and convicts. But he also comforts me. Make your own Mount Rushmore. Now, I picked two of them, but now I have two people I'm fairly confident are in heaven. I've told you about a religious brother who I became a friend with when I was in seminary, Brother Bob. He would come see me, and I would go see him, and he had a, a ministry at a halfway house, especially he served recovering alcoholics. But I got to visit his hospital room as a priest, say mass, just him and I, as a newly ordained priest, give him communion, anoint him right before he died. Pretty confident he's in heaven. And even my own grandmother, who I got to anoint and absolve and give her communion and send her into eternity, even though we watched the last years of her life in a nursing home saying her rosary every day, pretty confident. She's on my Mount Rushmore. You guys can't have her. She's on my Mount Rushmore. So what do we do today? In the book of Hebrews, it says that we are surrounded by a cloud of witnesses, and it's an enormous cloud, and they will join us here at the Mass. And we say with angels and the saints, we sing, holy, holy, holy. That's what's being sung in heaven. And at that moment, they come down and they join us. That should bring comfort and connection. That blows away at Mount Rushmore. We got more. But also on a spiritual and psychological level, we're asked to be brave enough, sometimes even in our own families, to stand alone, but catechized enough to know that we are not alone, that we're connected, we are comforted, and we have a cheering section in heaven and when we say things like we said at the psalm, Lord, come to my aid, it's not just me saying that, but a community on earth and in heaven. And maybe one day, one day, we will be able to make history and be on somebody else's Mount Rushmore praying for them. You've been listening to Fide in Catholica, the Sunday homilies of Father John Gazzaldo, pastor at St. Luke Catholic Church, Temple, Texas. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast in whichever podcast player you're listening to, and you can be notified whenever new episodes drop.